Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Well, my friend, you went on a cruise. I, I hear as what you really what you expected. Well, I, I decided I'm not a cruise person. Some people would love that. Um, for me, the only thing that made it worthwhile was all the live music, the great bands that were on there. It was a music-oriented cruise with Leonard Skinner and a bunch of great bands. Um, but if it wasn't for that, I'd have been bored out of my skull. I'd have been in the freaking cafeteria eating ninety percent of the time. Uh, no, no, I probably won't be doing a cruise again unless it's a music cruise. There's another one that I heard about on that cruise that sounds really interesting. Well, you can also go on those cruises that are. Um, I mean, I don't particularly like the idea of them either. I know we're going to go on one someday with the kids, maybe a Disney cruise or something. But the um, the idea of these. The ones that have, like, they're huge. They've got theaters on board. You can go and watch the latest movies. You can play. You've got pools. They've got climbing walls. They've got slides. Yeah, it seems kind of fun. Well, mine had a climbing wall that, that was never open. Mine had a pool that was covered by the stage for the outdoor concerts. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did go to And the yet sp- you want to go to one of those again. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I did go to the spa, which was kind of awesome. But, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's really one of those things. If you want to go do stuff, it's cruise is not your thing. If you want to go and relax and do nothing, a cruise is probably the perfect trip for you. Mm-hmm. How was the food? Food was pretty awesome. They they had like the the the, the cafeteria thing that was open twenty four seven, and then they had the, a bunch of restaurants, different stuff like the Asian restaurant and a steakhouse, and the, the food was really really good. Um, yeah. in the in the restaurants, the the cafeteria was cafeteria food. So. And Leonard Skinner was awesome, of course. And Leonard Skinner was awesome. Well, the, the, they were all, everybody's wandering around the boats. I, um, I, I actually took a symbol in my suitcase and got Leonard Skinner's drummer to sign it for my son, who's also a, another drummer. So that was pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then just ran into the bass player, walking down the hall, chatted with him for a few minutes. Well, he, I didn't realize he was one of the founding uh, members of the Counting Crows, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Rubbing elbows, nice. Yeah. It was it was fun from that perspective. I, I enjoyed it. That was I was in my element from the music standpoint, for sure. I'm sure many would be envious. Sure, it sounded like a good trip that way. Well, you know, let's get things kicked off here with a few questions we have uh, we got from our Google Plus page. Uh, the first one comes from Scott Angarola. I apologize if I butchered that. Um, uh, here's what he asked. He says, "I run an events company in New York City." When optimizing content, for example, a wine tasting event, I want to optimize for the keyword phrase, wine tasting NYC. Should I include the exact keyword phrase, wine tasting NYC, together in the content, or is it enough just to have the three words in the text somewhere, but not necessarily together? I'm not sure if this explains this correctly, but basically, I'm looking for some feedback on exact match versus broad match. I love the way you put that, exact match versus broad match. That's a great, great way to ask that question. Yeah. So, what do you think, John? Well, I think uh, this this is this is something in our industry that is, in my mind, 
kind of in flux, where a couple years ago you would want that exact phrase. You'd want wine tasting um, NYC in your title, in your description, in your body content. You'd want it on your page in a number of places. Um, you still want it in your title if that's specifically what you're targeting. But I think nowadays the idea of targeting a very specific key phrase is going away. I, I think it's more about talking about topics, um, keeping a page focused on a topic and, and using semantic language. Sure, it's going to be good if you want to rank for that specific phrase, you're going to need that specific phrase somewhere in the copy. But we have to remember that you know, while that one particular phrase might drive tons of volume, it may not be the best converting phrase and there may be dozens and dozens of other ways people are searching for the same thing with variations on that phrase, um, which is your broad match question. So I think personally, I'm leaning more towards moving away from exact match keywords on a landing page to broad match, which I love, and I love the way you asked that question because that helped for 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 people who don't understand the difference between exact match and broad match in the PPC world. Exact match is you have you want to you want your PPC ad to show up for that exact phrase. Wire tasting NYC. Um, Broad match is basically um, those terms are in the search. So any one of those three terms can be in the search phrase and you will still show up. So it's much broader uh, um, exposure for your ad. Um, and for those who are wondering what PPC is, <laughs> <laughs> that's paid advertising or pay-per-click advertising. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I agree. I, I actually think that um, uh, for once we're... we're I was kind of wondering how you're going to tackle that. Um, I, I, I kind of predicted you to say, no, no, you never need an exact match. But no, I, I, I'm glad you didn't because that's what I think. I think that um, I still include the exact match version. I just won't do it more than once, maybe, maybe twice in a longer article. And I, then I try and use synonyms and other, you know, semantically related uh, terms uh, to the, the target. And that seems to work um, again. It is in flux. If you find that that's not working or you've only moved up a few paces, there's no harm in trying to add another one as long as you're not messing with the legible, uh, legibility uh, of the content. Readability. Thank you. Readability, that's yes. better. Um, and, and, and remember, this is being impacted a lot by the recent update, um, Hummingbird, right? The Hummingbird update. Because one of the tests that was shown after Hummingbird is that semantic language is having a much bigger impact in search results. Like, like it used to be if you had a couple of phrases that were very similar, meant the same thing, like uh, pudding recipe and pudding dish, which are very similar, um, they used to have completely different search results for those two phrases because they were really, they were different. Now, the search results for those two phrases are much, much similar. The, 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 the listings that show up for those two phrases are very similar when before they were completely different. So that shows us that semantics is playing a much bigger part in how the results are being calculated, if that makes sense. Yeah, great. Um, the, the next, I hope that answers your question, Scott. If not, please do a follow-up. Uh, we're happy to, happy to uh, bring it up again. Uh, the next question is from Kani Ayubu. Uh, again, I hope I got that right. I think you did good on that, that one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. 
it's it's my native tongue. Uh, <laughs> whatever is that an African? I don't even know. Uh, Ethiopian? I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, again, I apologize. <laughs> I'm just generally an ass. That just helps. Okay, so one more question. I have a I've had a Google Plus page for a while now, and that's assuming, of course, he had another question uh, with a couple hundred members. But all of a sudden, Google Plus has given me another business page, which I'm assuming is my Google Plus local page for my business. Why? Is there a way to merge the two? I don't see a reason, nor do I really want to maintain both pages. Or is this just a necessary evil? And he's actually touched on something that annoys the hell out of me, too. I've got two of them myself for Stepforth, and, and both of them have followers. Of course, one of them is the only one I can possibly keep up. Are they both set up as businesses? Because my initial thought when I read this question was, well, maybe one was set up as a profile, and Google said, well, there's no business page for this business, and then Google automatically set up the business page. So there's a profile page and a business page for the same entity. No, they're both business pages. And part of the reason why the other one ever appeared was because we did the local, and Google immediately decided we needed another uh, a Google Plus profile uh, um, it's it's or not profile, um, business profile or business page. You, I guess is technically the term. Um, I th- I think that's how it worked. I get confused because frankly, it's been so many twists and turns since they've enabled all the system and the integration hey. of local. Oh, I just and they're, and, and they're still not letting you merge them because I know they were working on that a while back, and I haven't heard anything recently about whether that's actually happened or not. But do, mm. but have you checked? recently to see if you could merge no i haven't i likewise i get tired of waiting and just yeah move on. i would double check into that because i know they were working on a fix um if you don't if you can't find anything um i bet you mike blumenthal has something on blumenthal's.com com talking about it um because he, he annoys him too and he was he was pestering the heck out of him so what I think he could do, he needs to make sure he keeps both of his pages. And if he hasn't claimed the one they just created for him, he should go ahead and claim that. Um, and, and then pick one of them, work with it. And on the other one, um, there's something new that came out today that I think he should do that, that I know you're excited to talk about, Ross. So on your other page, you should, Ross? Pin. Pin it. <laughs> pin, pin a post saying, hey, um, you know, this is not the right page and point a link to the page you want to manage and, and do all your activity on. But go ahead, let's talk about this pin. This is something new, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, it is. As of today, as far as I know, it's as of today anyways. That's when I read it. Um, Google Plus is now allowing you to pin a particular piece of content to the top of your stream. Uh, this is really, really helpful. Um, there's been many times I've wanted to take something particularly interesting and keep it at the top of my stream. Uh, it could be big news. It could be uh, particularly interesting uh, uh, events coming up. Uh, it could be anything, really. But the point is, if you had posted anything after that, um, it would have pushed it down the page and, and into obscurity. You'd have to repost it again to have it appear at the top. Well, now you can pin it so it goes to the top of the page. This is very common in all the other social platforms that with any kind of a stream. But uh, Google Plus took a little while to get it going, and it finally is here. So, can, yay. Can, can you pin it on the top of Facebook? That is a good question. I don't, I don't on know if you can. On a page, I think you can, can't you? On a page? Yeah, I mean, yeah on a page you can. Maybe just on our profile. But yeah, I think it's a great addition. And I, I hope that helps, uh, at least since since we can't merge them yet, Connie, at least um, this will give you something to do to help direct your users to the right place. Definitely. Well, uh, you know, it might be a little early, but let's take a quick break because when we come back, we've got a lot to cover here on uh, some interesting legal issues with Google. 
SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Okay, class. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So this is really quite interesting. Someone, I, I, you know what, I'm assuming they're in Europe. Uh, but I, that's probably not a good thing to do. Uh, Europe's yes, got, it was in the UK. Um, yeah, Europe's got their panties in a bunch over Google. I'm just saying. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? In a way, it's good. I think uh, we're a little too free with them around here. Uh, so it's good that someone's holding them to the fire occasionally. However, this is this could have some real negative effects if it's taken the wrong way. But uh, essentially, Google has settled a defamation suit agreeing to remove malicious links to a particular person who felt that they're being defamed. Um, now, this is really a landmark because Google's always said, you know, whatever, free speech, uh, you have to take it up with these people. We're just a directory. You know, we're, we're just a listing here. This is not something we control. Um, it's just how it is. So, and the so, fact that they were able to have it removed is, is massive. So, so pretend I didn't read the article, <laughs> just because I didn't. Um, so when they're talking about what did they have removed, was it links pointing to content, or was it the content itself? Was it more like a fixing a Google bomb issue? What exactly was removed? Yeah, the, uh, let me just look at it here if I can find the note again. I, I, you know, the, the detail on exactly what it was wasn't really mentioned, ironically. I guess, oh yeah, here's the details. It was a separate 
URL. That's why I never saw it. Um, but essentially, a, a man had said that, that someone had been talking about it, and I believe it was just a page that had the content. Um, and where is the example? Disputed links and material. So it's more than just a particular page. Was there, was there a legal case involved? So there was a, so like a judge said, this is defamation of character. Um, it must be removed, or is it just somebody made a request and Google said, okay, we'll do it? No, no, this is legal. Yeah. This, this came in the form of a legal settlement settlement in a UK defamation action. I'm quoting here: characterized as an exceptional case, Google agreed to remove malicious links that damaged the reputation of a UK businessman, Daniel Heglin. The settlement terms weren't disclosed, but likely involved specific actions on Google's part to remove the defamatory material. Uh, Google may have been motivated to settle to avoid creating case law that would have imposed further burdens or responsibilities on the company for questionable or illegal content in its index. Uh, you know, maybe it's it didn't set case law, but boy, they sure set precedent. Right, and you have to think about this. You know, how does it? How does this impact sites like WalmartSucks.com or all these people who create these sites to complain about or draw attention to issues related to um, you know brands and businesses and people in some cases? Um, it, it's it is interesting, but I think the legal process really needs to drive this more than just Google, because you know if somebody just puts up a, an opinion page. That's an opinion page. And, and of course, the laws are going to be different here in the U.S. than they're going to be in the rest of the world when it comes to that. Um, and Google is a U.S. company. So th th you're right. It's going to be interesting to watch to see if this goes anywhere else. Yeah, well, you can bet there's a lot of people out there who would love to take Google to task on some content about them. I mean, in this case, I believe this is uh, not just an example, although they frame it oddly here. But the plaintiff had been labeled, quote-unquote, a murderer, pedophile, and Ku Klux Klan sympathizer. Wow, yeah, Jeez. that's that's pretty hardcore. So, so, does, so can you use this precedent to go after ripoffreport.com? Oh, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? That would be wicked. Yes. That one of my least favorite sites in the whole world, oh, just too. because of all the yeah. Well, I've had to deal with people who claim to have been um, yeah. Oh, I have too. There's then there's articles there's articles out there about the founder of that site. I know we're going off track here, but the founder of that site basically lives off the grid completely. And somebody at one point there was like a fifty thousand dollar bounty if you could find his address and him to serve him court papers. <laughs> it, it's crazy. He's like hiding from the world, making all this money from RipoffReport.com. Well, yeah, and there was even I believe some content that had been released. Proving that uh, in some cases, I, I understand they've cleaned up their act now, but uh, I don't know for sure, but that some people were being taken to task uh, that they could have content, defamatory content removed for a price. Oh, I, there's, there's papers been out there. And um, if I was in a position to talk about it, I'm sure I could tell you stories where that, uh, that, that might, might have some personal knowledge of that. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I do from the perspective of clients who have asked me to help them, but I didn't know what, I, honestly, it, it, you, you need a full-time reputation management company and a lot of money 
to get ahead of these people because they're so well indexed. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 if I had personal experience, I could probably tell you that there's different levels of removal based on how much you're willing to pay them. At some levels, they'll just retract. They'll leave the comments up there and let you put a post up that that you know says, "Oh no, this is not true. This is why." There's other ones where if you give them a little more money, they'll remove the post. Or the, it's just it's a it's a scam. It really is. It's always been a scam. Drives me nuts. Kind of reminds me of uh, top SEOs. Oh, see, now you're opening another can of worms. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you said earlier you wanted to get into something contentious, but come on, man. That's <laughs> I know, that is pretty bad. I just couldn't help it. Uh, well, well, let's, let's talk about Europe and Google again because you know, this, this happened in UK. There's also, I think it might have even Britain, the, the British Parliament, one of the governments over there is basically calling for the sp- the, the dismantling of Google. They want to separate the search engines from all the other businesses. They, they, they think that there's too much connection and too much chance um, for the, the business to, to support its other businesses and not be free, you know, a free market or free trade or fair trade. So they're actually calling for legislation to split up Google or search engines, so to speak. They're targeting Google, just like they did with the, the um, telephone companies back when they split up the, the bell back in the U.S. years and years ago. It's getting to that point where the Europe is, is just like so disgusted with what the power Google has over commerce over there um, that they're trying to, to legislate a fix instead of enabling you know, an environment where someone can compete with Google. It's, it's really weird. They're very uh, good at protecting their turf, and uh, I don't envy Google. Uh, they got all, it doesn't matter, even if they weren't trying to be evil. <laughs> well, you, well, you know they were trying to be evil because they, they, they announced this and they did it on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> they're like, let's wait until they're eating turkey. <laughs> we'll give them something. In Europe? Yeah. Uh, if you've got a passion for pumpkin, you've got to get to Dunkin' and pick these up. Our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam. And our delicious pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. And our perfectly pumpkin donuts, munchkins treats, pumpkin muffins, and more. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Pick your pumpkin at Dunkin', like our new pumpkin cream cold brew pumpkin spice signature latte and our perfectly pumpkin treats america runs on duncan price and participation may vary limited time offer exclusions apply that is it do they even celebrate it there no they were talking they're like let's give google something to be thankful about oh i see sorry yes. right of course yes yes uh, um uh, yeah what a mess well uh, i'm sure no one stops can work completely there so there you yeah. go I'm pretty sure Google has a pretty crack team, crack team of lawyers. <laughs> yeah, maybe a building. Yeah, <laughs> or two. Yeah, packed. <laughs> well, couldn't happen to a better company. They got lots of work to do, and yeah. uh, you know, it's it's just the bigger you get, the more you have to do to to keep yourself uh, safe and you know following the guidelines. So well, yeah, it's and it, and it's interesting. The more that the bigger you come, the more money comes into play, the more people look at you as a business as opposed to a service. Um, Facebook's going through the same thing right now. So they just recently changed their algorithms um, to um, basically what they've done is they've written an algorithm that looks at posts. And if a post, whether it be off a page or a profile, if a post looks like an advertisement to their algorithm, they basically don't show it. 
it gets very, very limited exposure. Um, so, so they're basically trying to keep people from advertising in their walls. Well, of course, immediately the everybody starts screaming and yelling because basically this is a play to boost Facebook's advertising because now the only way to advertise on Facebook is actually to pay them to advertise on Facebook. You can't just say, hey, come to my house. I've got a garage sale anymore. Now you have to actually go and buy it. I mean, you might be able to for that. But but that's the idea. They they don't want you just posting about an advertisement. They want you to buy advertisements. So people are all up in arms about that. But both Google and Facebook are businesses. They've got to make money, and they've got to find ways to improve their bottom line. Um, you know, they're they're both public companies now. So that's oh that's, for God's sakes, I totally agree. But you know, it's funny because you look at their bottom line. They're not even remotely remotely hurting. Not even like they're making so much money, it's insane. And now, well, let's but, make more. But, I, I get but, it. But, but, <laughs> but here's here's the problem with going public. Yeah, you, you can't stay even keel. You have to continue to grow, or you lose investors. You they they want to grow their investment. So that's the problem. Even if you're making billions of dollars in profit, like these companies, if you're not growing, you're losing investors, and then then your your net worth shrinks. It's well, it's, a, it's a weird, stupid circle. But that's the way the the banks work, and it's it's annoying. But that's the way it works. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the lessons of life are yeah, no doubt on this one. It's just it it is it's kind of insane. Like, Facebook has a good system in many ways, and now, frankly, they're getting some serious backlash from business owners because you know this, this is okay. You know, they're going after stuff that's plainly plainly uh, advertising based, but they're also cutting back. They've cut back dramatically how much anything shows up for a business unless they're paying for it. Oh yeah, I think I think the last number I read is two percent. I was thinking five percent, but I wouldn't be surprised at two percent of, of the, your audience. If you have a thousand people that like your business page, um, two or five percent of those people will see your posts, which is ridiculously low. Unless you're yeah. paying for it, then it jumps up to thirty to forty percent. But still, it's just crazy. And then you get into the issues of well, how many people are are truly liking this content of, you know, legitimately? Oh yeah, and there's a lot of content about that. And um, as a result, uh, I I know many businesses who are so fed up they won't advertise on Facebook anymore. Okay, well there there was an article going around recently that 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 this guy did an experiment. He did just paid ads to see where the likes were coming from, from his paid ads. And he had this really compelling story about how all these people that were liking his page based solely on what he's paying for were not real users. They were from these other countries. And a lot of people picked up on that article and a lot of people were pointing at that article saying, hey, Facebook is horrible because they're, you know, of all this, um, they're, they're selling these ads to people that are not real customers or liking it. It's not a real system. I just want to point out that while that does happen in some cases, if you've read this article and, and you're, you're one of those people that say, this is ridiculous. I can't believe this happened to this guy. Read it again. Because in the very beginning of the article, he says the ads that he placed, he targeted the United States and the three countries that he knew had these bad you know, users, India and Russia and one of the other ones. Um, so he was targeting those countries with his ads. Who targets India with their ads if you have a business in the United States? Who targets Russia with your ads if you have a small business in the United States? That article does not apply to you unless you're targeting those countries. So just keep that in mind 
if you're all up in arms about this, um, I want somebody. So to you mean he did a global? He didn't just target no not U.S. E- only. Not even globally. He targeted U.S. and three countries he knew very specifically had these bogus users and that had a large percentage of these bogus users. If he wouldn't have targeted those three companies or countries and just targeted the U.S., his results would have been completely different. Funny, I didn't catch that when I read it. I'll have to read it again. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh, good catch. That's good. Uh, it's uh, he's a pretty bright guy, though. It seems odd to yeah. me that he's done that. It, it was a, it was a great article, but just his methodology was flawed. I'd love to see him do the same experiment again, just targeting the U.S. Hmm. Well, the thing is, uh, oh, I, I I know the other thing was too that the part of it you can't track a lot of it because these these companies out of uh, India and, and all these different places where they're they are paid and this is proven uh, they are paid to to do likes and such um, they have to use proxies in the states and such so that they can't be identified right. and what do you do then right yeah there's not much you can do but, no. but it's crazy I mean just think about a country where people are paid one or two cents a like and doing that to make a living I mean forget about social media forget about just that one or two cents a like supports your family. That's just amazing to me. I uh, know. And, and, and the thing is, and the, the reason why this is so um, off for anyone who hasn't really been keeping up to this is they don't just go to the people who are paying. They're going and trying to create a natural, I don't know how it's possible considering how much they like, but a yeah. natural profile by going to other places that are totally unrelated uh, to what they're being paid to target. And they have to like there as well so that they don't look like they're just targeting paid ads. Yeah. And, and one of the ways to, to identify these is all they do is like things. They don't post stuff. They don't have friends. Con- they don't connect to friends. All they have is a bunch of likes on their profile. They're going to get wise to that too at some point and they're going to start doing other things to, and it's going to get harder and harder to identify these people over time. <laughs> the best part is usually they have like an absolutely beautiful person as their picture. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like go to one of those model sites crop out a head and make it your, your, your <laughs> <Yeah>. profile picture. <laughs> well, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know how they say, uh, uh, you, well, how do they put it? Something like, you probably know this person or this person seems to, to know you or uh, I don't know. But it's kind of a way to connect you with people that might be in your same group. And I got a ton of those for a while. I'm like, how the heck do I, am I supposed to know these people? And they had like no likes. They were brand new. I'm like, you have yeah. no connection to me. I, and, and, sometimes, yeah. and sometimes you get on these lists because you know they work through lists. They have these lists. I had a friend of mine um, he's a photographer. He teaches photography at college level. Um, he's a great photographer. He complained on Facebook the other day. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, in a span of a week, he got like requests from about 15 different porn stars. And he's like, what did I do to deserve this? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's lists out there that people get access to, and they just go down the list and start friend requesting and liking everything they can on the list. Maybe they, they, they want him to be their photographer. Uh, yeah, I don't think he'd do that. <laughs> Pretty sure. But let's take a quick break, because when we come back, we've got a lot to cover here. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. 
ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. All-Inclusive Marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence in results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Well, we have another major piece of news that um, we don't really have enough time to go really into, probably given us as much credit as we should to, but um, the, the wonderful John Mueller from Google, uh, really enjoyed connecting with him. He's always been a very uh, straightforward, kind guy, and... and uh, he, anyway, he was assisting us with an issue that um, I had with a client, and it was to do with some content the client had um, that was largely duplicated across many of his client sites. So this client is a marketer, and he has a whole lot of sites that um, use product information from, uh, uh, let's say, uh, widgets. You know, they all have the exact same product information. Um, and it's mandated. You can't change it too much because that's part of the deal by using these uh, widgets and putting them online to, to sell. So there's a lot of content that's quite duplicative. Um, and as, as a result, um, he was getting the strangest results when he did a site colon search within Google. And what that does is it shows if your site is uh, uh, whatever, widgetsrus.com, uh, you do a site colon widgetsrus.com within Google, and Google will tell you all the pages it has indexed of your website. And that's read and, and added to its its database. Well, when you do that, um, you should only see your pages. What he was seeing when he was doing this for his clients was, yes, he would see the content uh, or the title would look the same, but then the, the description wouldn't be and the URL wouldn't be. Or how did it work? I, it got so confusing because it was so involved. Oh, my God. And it was bizarre, too. Nothing about it made sense. Here, I got an example here. So um, this particular one had uh, the right URL, but none of the other information, the title, so I had it backwards. The title information and the description was for another company. 
but the URL was <laughs> to another one of his clients. And then if you looked at the cache, it also showed the wrong company. Very, very odd. And I, I knew I had to reach out to Google on this one. I, I you know, yeah. tapped John in the shoulder. I tapped a number of people in the shoulder. And everyone's like, what yeah. the hell? Well, well the, the results, because you sent me the message he sent you. And the thing that stood out to me more than anything in that, which is more overarching, I think, than just your specific problem that, that, that he was addressing, was he said, site colon queries are kind of artificial. So we don't really optimize for that. He put that in parentheses when he was talking about site query results. And that to me is like, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> we know that link colon searches in uh, Google don't, don't always show all the links. They only show a small percentage of the links that Google know about. This, and we've seen, I've seen personally site query colons change for the same site over time or um, based on small little changes in the query, um, but dramatic changes in the results. That shouldn't have been that dramatic. So this is kind of to me is really an, an a yes uh, site query colons are kinda artificial. Um, there's it's kind of like being kinda pregnant. You know, it's either artificial or it's not. Or <laughs> kinda broken. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, just something that that I took away from this whole thing was a, a little less reliance on the, the the accuracy of the data in a site colon query. query. Um, you know, just because it says you have 1,476,000 um, results for this phrase doesn't necessarily mean that's true. There, may, there could be more, there could be less. It's kind of artificial. I guess I should read the whole thing here. I mean, it it's doesn't uh, include any of my clients' uh, confidential information. It's, it, it includes some interesting info. And this is a quote from John here. So this is, I had passed this on to the team to review. And as far as I know, they made some changes. So it should at least be better. In general, though, when our systems recognize identical or equivalent pages, they sometimes do what you saw here. They'll pick one URL to index, but understand that its content applies to other URLs as well. A very common case where this happens is with PDFs, where the file is mm. really identical. But it can also happen when things are pretty close or assumed equivalent, e.g. when sites are actually the same but have slightly different branding. In cases like that, you'll see that site queries give weird results. And this is where John's quote came in here, uh, they're kind of, that they're kind of artificial. And then he says, and, but in practice, the search traffic overall doesn't really go down because the user just sees one or the other copy of the content in search. So in a way, we wouldn't always see this as a bug, but sometimes its behavior can be improved. Um, end of quote. And this, this to me is, if you think about it, is just a really extreme example of duplicate content. Not just the content, but his, his example of when sites are actually the same with slightly different branding. And we see that a lot. Um, people use the same template to produce a multitude of sites that are slightly different um, targeting. Uh, that's where this stuff comes in. Line. So it's a duplicate content issue to the extreme, I believe. Yeah, and, and, and I've never had to do this before, but I, I literally told a client, you know, it doesn't seem like there's anything we can do about this because you can't take the content out. You can't change it. And um, uh, it's, it is, it's within site colon search, which isn't something that any uh, prospect is going to look at. Um, we're going to have to live with this at this point. Um, and it, it wasn't, I mean, understandably didn't make my client happy. Um, what can you do? 
Yeah, and, uh, he, but the client could go to his manufacturer, whoever he got the product from that is, that's requiring that he uses a certain description and say, look, here is, you know, he can take the quote that you gave him from John Mueller and say, look, Google is telling us by not being able to create unique content, it's hurting us in search. Right. So please let me create my own content, my own description for these products. And hopefully maybe he can get the, the manufacturer to change their ways, at least for him. It would actually really benefit him if he, you know, they only let him change it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting. And I know that the, the issue isn't over yet. Uh, we've we've come up with a few other issues that don't seem to really match what John has mentioned. So we might have to get back in touch with them. But it's it's uh, you know, I, I think I said in my email to John, I said, uh, you know, this is the third time perhaps in the last 17 years I personally reached out to Google with an issue. Um, I don't do it often and I can't. Uh, it, it just would you know, you, oh, where, where, oh, you're welcome. But I'm very glad that he was there to help when I when I did. Yeah. So thank you, John. I've I've only done, I've only had, I've only had to do it once so far. Oh, that's awesome. But it's 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 good. They they respond and they are helpful if if you don't abuse it. Yeah. Well, Matt Cuts helped me one time with uh, an existing issue, and it was immense. I mean, it made the difference between you know zero to one hundred percent. It was a huge improvement. Thanks to his his help, and it wasn't. Uh, it was a, definitely an issue. With in this case, it was Yahoo stores, and the fact that they wouldn't allow you to do HD access for a three hundred one redirect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, wasn't long after that Google implemented um, cross domain canonicals. Um, I have no idea how much that I played a role in, but it was very happy to see. Nice. <laughs> and uh, in, almost instantly before they announced that, of course, this was fixed for the client. So it was a good all round thing. So, so what's your what's your guess? Do you think he's coming back, Matt? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised because I, I, you know he seems to love his job. But then again, he's seen this. He's seen the light. He's enjoying some time off. He might go. I need to do more of this. So, so the question to me comes down to: I don't think it comes down to money because he's not going to go anywhere else where he's going to make more money because he he's already filthy rich because because he's one of the one of the was he the first in the first twenty. Google employees. I thought it was first fifty, but maybe, maybe twenty. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe it's fifty. I wasn't sure, but so he's got plenty of Google stock. He's he's wealthy. He's, it's not going to be money. It's just going to depend depend on whether he enjoys the work he does at Google more than he enjoys the free time he's experiencing right now. I mean, let's face it. If we had that kind of money, um, at least I know I would. I wouldn't be working there. I would take the money after, especially after getting a spell off like this, and I'd I'd invested in some fun things that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, the, probably the only thing I would do related to, to SEO is be this radio show, just so I can complain and talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I can keep you abreast of things as usual. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks everyone for joining us today. Uh, we got lots in, and uh, I know this last segment was quite long, so hope you found it uh, informative. <laughs> well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a great week. And uh, if you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of us at our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google Plus. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs. 
Sports, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.